Yeah. <laughs> happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you, Daddy. Yeah. To, happy Father's Day to all my socks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't the socks mothers, though? Well, I'm uh, well, sock babies, I guess. I didn't know your socks were male. <laughs> This is this is something I didn't know about. This adds a whole new element to this. Hey, man, look, you live your life, okay? I don't care what gender of socks you fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, I wear male socks, so one would be assumed that they're male socks. It'd be yeah. wouldn't wouldn't it be weirder if it was female socks? <laughs> um, you know what? I I think it's probably as weird as it gets already. <laughs> so as long as they're not like princess socks, I think that. I think that would be a cause for alarm. Well, I um, guess we got the title to our episode. <laughs> as weird as it gets already. <laughs> Welcome to episode 49 of the SoCo Show. <laughs> I'm glad we knocked the title out early. Sometimes it's hard to think of those. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that's, so for two more weeks then, I'm Seth Ott, and with me here is Squirrel Nuts. Hey, everybody. Squirrel Nuts here. <laughs> yeah, ne- next week's episodes, we'll, ha- we'll have the uh, return of of a new release rectal exam yes <laughs> so we can we we can uh try and see if we can get a new nickname for next month this will be my first or um, sorry uh my last two shows as squirrel nuts and we will be back in the era of the so and co-host <laughs> soon people don't forget to tune in to episode 50 uh that's gonna be a big victory for me and uh you're gonna get to you're gonna get to hear me get pretty excited i'm looking yeah. forward to it i i mean we, right now, you're not doing so great on games. You lost Rip Torn to Dirty Porn last week. I'm still 2-1. I've got a winning record. Yeah, on you lost new new release rectal exam. You'll have another chance at uh, Rip Torn to Dirty Porn this week. But before we get there, I, I saw one really funny thing on Twitter. It made me laugh quite a bit this week. Um, so as we know, technology is taking over, right? Technology is, is going to surpass us soon in terms of intelligence. But... I think one thing it already has surpassed us in by after reading this is comedy. So someone someone uh, created a bot that took – basically it watched a bunch of Olive Garden commercials. Have you seen this? Uh, I think I, I think I know – yeah. Did you read the – No, I haven't read it. Okay. So it, 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 re- it watched a bunch of Olive Garden commercials and created a uh, commercial script for, for an Olive Garden commercial. And I was I was dying, so I'm, I, I wanted to read that off because it, it's pretty fucking. We're gonna strange. read some of it. Okay, good. I'm gonna read all of it. It's not very long. Okay, so this is the this is the AI bot created Olive Garden commercial. Yes. Okay. All right. So interior Olive Garden restaurant. A group of friends laugh at a dinner table. A waitress comes to deliver what could be considered food. <laughs> waitress, pasta nachos for you. We see the pasta nachos. They're warm and defeated. <laughs> Friend one, the menu is here. Waitress, lasagna wings with extra Italy. We see the lasagna wings. There's more Italy than necessary. <laughs> Friend two, I shall eat Italian citizens. Sorry. Friend two, I shall eat Italian citizens. Waitress, unlimited stick. We see the unlimited stick. It is infinite. It is all. Friend three, leave without me. I'm home. Waitress, Gluten classic classico from the kitchen. We see the gluten classico. We believe the waitress that it is from the kitchen. We have no reason not to believe. Friend four says nothing. <laughs> Friend one, what is wrong? Friend four. Friend four says nothing. Friend two. Friend four, what is wrong? Friend four. 
Friend four <laughs> smiles wide. Her mouth is full of secret soup. <laughs> Announcer. Olive Garden. When you're here, you're here. <laughs> oh, that when you're here, you're here. Oh, man. Her uh, mouth is full of secret soup. Secret soup. My favorite thing, though, is easily. We, we see the unlimited <laughs> stick. It is infinite. It is all. It sounds like an artifact, uh, like in an Indiana Jones movie, the unlimited stick. There's more Italy than necessary. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is that is fantastic. Uh, whatever AI uh, that apparently created, you know, it's the internet, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. uh, if if an AI did indeed create it, uh, I want that AI to to write me a story. <laughs> So yeah, that I yeah I hope that's true. Um, yeah, of course, like you said, it could be fake, but it's no matter if someone wrote it or not, it's still funny. Oh, that's funny as shit. <laughs> I want to have an AI listen to all the episodes of the Soko Show and then write us a Soko Show. It's basically just going to be like a bunch of poop, poop jokes. Yeah, and a bunch of Iron Sheik yelling. It'd be the Sheik, and we'd talk about like dicks probably and who can get it. Yeah, it'd just be that on a loop Lou for Holtz. ninety minutes, and Lou Holtz would pop in. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Holy cow. Uh, that is funny. We'll uh, we'll make sure to link to that tweet in the description if you want to read it for yourself or get uh, four of your closest friends together and stage a group table read of that. Um, we're the only friends we have, so we didn't have enough to do that here today. Uh, what we do have is a lot of things to talk to today. Uh, we're going to play in a game. We're going to play a game in a second. Uh, of course, we're going to hear from either the Iron Sheik or Gary Busey, and we've got a little bit of news in all four areas this week. Uh, it might be kind of a quick show. We're recording early this week on uh, Sunday the 17th, because uh, your boy Squirrel Nuts is going to spend the week in <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. In a tree, hibernating. In a tree. Yeah, i got to hide my Squirrel Nuts for the winter. And uh, so, yeah, we're recording a little bit early, maybe a little bit of a short show, um, so stay tuned. Let's jump into it here. We're going to either hear from Gary Busey or the Iron Sheik. Seth, who do we got this week? <laughs> a symphony of farting trombones. Imagination is the hood ornament on your car of creativity. That's wisdom. It is. That's craziness, but it is wisdom. Yeah. Because every car of creativity needs a hood ornament. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of hood ornaments, when's the last time you've seen a hood, seen a hood ornament? Um, it's been a while. It has been a while. There is one car downtown, uh, I think it's a Maserati. Okay. That I occasionally see in downtown Cedar Rapids, and it's got a little hood ornament. Uh, sure. But other than that car, and I, I only know that one because it's a Maserati. Um, other than that, not a lot of hood ornaments. Uh, and that's probably why we only have one Gary Busey. Because <laughs> true. he's got a hood ornament on his car of creativity. <laughs> Shout out to Gary Busey for making his first official appearance on the show. Yeah. Uh, beating out the Sheik this week, just didn't, uh, Sheik wasn't bringing Gross. it. <laughs> beating out the Sheik, that's what Seth does with his socks. <laughs> A symphony of farting trombones. Don't forget, folks, to get out to audibletrial.com slash SoCo. We've got a link in the description box where you can go find your first 30 days of Audible and your first book credit for free. Free. <laughs> free, indeed. Uh, get out there. Check out millions and millions of books. Uh, it's a very sweet app. Uh, you can download your books to your phone in case you want to listen to them on a plane or something like that. 
uh, lots and lots of good stuff to be had. Great uh, voice acting talent, uh, including uh, Will Wheaton. Uh, I've, I've read, uh, I've listened to Slaughterhouse Five in the past with James Franco. Uh, lots of lots of excellent uh, stuff out there. Harry Potter series in its entirety is on Audible now. So get out there, find whatever you like. And uh, they've got some really good book recommendations, too, that they'll send you every month. So, again, that's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days and your first book for free. Free. All right. Well, of course, before we get into the news, let's play some games. For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things. Fucking and... Cock-flavored lollipop. Oh, yeah, sex. Oh, what a great sounder. <laughs> what a great sounder that I totally played during oh, the recording and didn't build afterwards. God, I love that sounder. Oh man, I just you know I just feel really good about it. I knew as soon as I made it. <laughs> All right, rip torn or dirty porn? The uh, the nation's best, fastest, most amazing game show that has really now re- is that has now nation. replaced the wall on NBC because Chris Hardwick is a fucking perv. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> But, uh, okay, so yeah, everybody everybody wants to know, Rick Torn, Rip Torn, or Dirty Porn? And let's tell them, who, who, who is the subject of our game this week? Rip Torn or Dirty Porn? A character Rip Torn played in TV or a movie? Or a porn actor? This week's name is... This week's name is... Big Daddy. Big Daddy. That's, see, that, mm, that's a tough one. That's so... It, Ambiguous because I'm thinking, I, I know Big Daddy from Kick Ass, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't played by Rip Torn. I'm just kidding. I, I know he was played by Nicolas Cage. Was that Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Hmm. Who played Big Daddy? Big Daddy. I think that's Rip Torn. Rip Torn. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was just, I just repeated you, but it's crap. Oh, three and one. Three and one. <laughs> he played Big Daddy in the 1984 TV movie Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> Featuring Rip Torn as Big Daddy. Big Daddy. <laughs> that's that's one heck of a role. Uh, we'll link to the IMDb page so you can check out Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. I think that might be a play or a musical or something before it was a movie. Um, there's actually someone there. <laughs> someone played the porn version of this. Uh, it's Big Dick Daddy and uh, <laughs> Shat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was really hoping we'd get away from the porn stuff since it was retorn. <laughs> Shat on a hot tin roof. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> that is, and big dick daddy. Yeah, leaving nothing to the imagination. Holy yeah. cow! Uh, well, I'm victorious once again. I'm on a hot streak going into next week's very important round of game time. But uh, but this week it was Rip Torn in America's favorite new game, Rip Torn or Dirty Porn. For a whole year, I concentrated equally on two things: fucking and cock flavored lollipop. Oh. Yeah, sex. Oh, that's still the best sounder I've ever heard. It's such a great sounder. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, it's 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 easily one of the best sounders that I've ever made. Um, <laughs> but the fact that I made it before we even recorded 
is what's so impressive to me because it says that I'm a person who plans ahead for things and I'm always prepared. And especially in this case, I did those things. I did plan yeah. ahead and was prepared to play it during that little break there where we absolutely did not just pause and wait and say, I'll put it in and post because that's what a lazy person would do. And I'm dedicated to the show, Seth. I care about our listeners. You okay? do. And no one's ever going to be able to tell you that Squirrel Nuts doesn't care about this show. <laughs> Let's get into the meat of the show. We're going to start with a little news from the sports world. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. What do you not, got for us? Not really news. Uh, pull up that video real quick that I Ah, said, yes. So. I, have a vi- I have a video link. So, so, to set up this video, MLB has, has introduced technology more and more into their games, right? And they recently have mic'd up the managers and umps for... Various reasons, and one of the reasons is is what you'll hear, uh, which is an ejection from a from a game where a pitcher apparently got too close to a hitter and and with with one of their throws and and uh, let's just say there's some pretty strong reactions. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure if there's an ejection, I'm sure the first base or the um, manager is going to feel real good about this. A lot of compliments coming your way. Yeah. I, I've not seen this, so here, let's let's play the video here. Oh, he threw behind him. He can't be doing that. Are they talking? Uh, he's throwing him out right now. Okay. No, I mean, you can't do that. You're not, not in that situation, man. You can't, you can't. You can't not, not, that, that ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I knew you were going to say that, but that ain't going to happen. I mean, that's, that's the wrong time to do it. That's all. I'm telling you. It is what it is, but that's, that, is, that ain't going to happen. Our, our ass is in the jackpot. We don't do something there. That, I'm just telling you that. Wait, but shouldn't, there be, shouldn't there be a no, warning? No, no. I mean, they, okay, the situation of what, what happened and everything else, that's what dictates that, okay? But there was no Neil, prior knowledge that before Neil, the game started. I mean, Neil, if Harry comes into the dugout Neil, and says, Neil, hey, if somebody gets hit, then that's... Neil, then Neil, we, everybody, everybody knows, everybody knows what, what the situation is, okay? Uh-oh. So this is fine, but when the manager comes take out, here he comes. Get a handle. Come on, let's go. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Tommy, that's talk. fucking bullshit. Terry, talk to me. Then you talk to me about it. Okay. You gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us a shot. Okay, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying. Okay. You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Well, why do you know the situation, Terry? Why okay. do we get a shot, Tommy? Because that doesn't. That makes well, it worse, Terry. That makes it fucking worse. Why not? But MLB did nothing to that guy. Nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't God control that, Terry. I can't control that. You know as well as I do fucking where, Terry. You know where I stand on the whole fucking situation. That, but that's, but, but that's. You're the, better than that, Tommy. No, you no, know that, Terry. Listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay, okay. That's I'm just telling you. Fucking motherfucker. You know what? That's, that, that's you got. You got. It. You got okay, get it. You got everything out. He <laughs> just screamed himself out and walked away. My, your ass is in the jackpot, Seth. <laughs> like, he's just like, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> uh, so I don't know the context. I don't know what the situation was before that ball was thrown, <laughs> but clearly some shit was going on. His, his ass is definitely in the jackpot. You, you, here's the thing. is If I make it through a day and my ass isn't in the jackpot, <laughs> I say that's a good day. <laughs> hmm. 
Uh, so, yeah. so that was. I, I'm excited for more of these. I God, I hope so. Because you're gonna hear some very creative uh, insults. I'm sure. You fucking cocksucker. Oh. <laughs> uh, that is good stuff. Um, I love major league managers. They probably just sit around and like practice insulting people because they just scream and scream and scream. It's and awesome. The great thing about the Mets manager is he's old as balls. <laughs> he looks so old. So he's just out there screaming his fucking fool head off. And he's like a small guy too. Yeah, he looks like a turtle. <laughs> you uh, fucking cocksucker. You gotta give us a shot. Our ass is in the jackpot. <laughs> Uh, we're going to link to that video for sure down below. Um, and honestly, I was going to talk some NBA, but let's take a break from LeBron this week, if yeah. you don't mind. And and let's move forward uh, and, and talk a little video games. Video games. Wow. 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 Ow. Ow. <laughs> video games. I got just a, one bit of news. Uh, one, one of my favorite games. Uh, kind of series of games or i guess developers just telltale uh they they uh you know they make the batmans and the walking deads they also had the wolf among us and the game of thrones i think they had as well don't forget back to the future back to the future uh they are now delving back into the world of tv with stranger things really stranger things telltale games so okay um that's kind of interesting is that something you would be uh interested to check out i would watch you play it um, okay. I, I'm just not a, I'm just not a fan of the style of game, um, but it does seem interesting, and I bet that it'll be fun. Um, it, there's certainly a lot of room for a fun story there. It is kind of fun to play too, like as a group. You can kind of make those decisions mm-hmm. together. Um, there's also with those games, you can have like an audience mode where the audience logs in with their phone, and they can like vote on decisions and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. So, do, is there any detail? Do we know like is the no. um, the cast going to be involved or will it be original story they didn't really say um i would assume it'd be kind of original maybe pop in kind of like the walking dead one was you know have have some pop in of of maybe a few cast members sure but uh, i I would like it better honestly if it was in the universe just because i don't want it to you know deal with the have to like interfere with the actual story itself so yeah so one uh, one quick plug i want to make in uh video games here is for a game i've been playing called unravel have you heard of this one? Yeah, just because you've played it. <laughs> okay, I've it. yeah, I've talked to you already about this. Uh, but for the <laughs> folks at home, the game Unravel is... I know it's on Xbox. I don't know if it's on It's on, on Play- PlayStation. It yeah. is on PlayStation. Okay. Um, so Unravel features a little adorable fucking character named Yarny, <laughs> who basically is just a glob of yarn. Oh, Yarny, 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 Yarny. And he... Uh, it's like a platforming, side-scrolling kind of Mario-esque game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not... It's not cartoony. It's set in a very real world, um, but you're a small little guy, so it, you you know it sticks are big, and like you climb on small household items and things like that. So the way the game is designed is you basically blue skidoo into this old lady's pictures. Blue skidoo, we can't do exactly. You skidoo into this old lady's pictures, and then you walk around her memories, and you find little keepsakes, and you bring them back out to give to the old lady, and. It's a really fun game for a couple reasons. One is it's it's got a weird like emotional level to it um, because as you're walking through it, the music is really soft and sweet, and there are some like nostalgic memories of this lady. Um, you see her going through like some childhood memories and some other things, and the, just the way they present that is very cool. Um, but also the gameplay mechanics are very fun in this because as you walk forward with Yarny, 
um, your yarn is always tethered to something behind you. And so as you walk away from it, you start to unravel. Mm -hmm. And so you can only go so far away from your pivot point um, before you have to tie yourself to a new pivot point and or find more yarn to tie tie onto yourself. So not only that, but you can throw your yarn out in front of you, kind of like a Spider-Man thwip, and you can use it to swing or like pull stuff around. You you sort of move props around uh, to, to get to different platforms and stuff like that. And it's just a really fun, very simple, but creative and really beautiful game. It, the the visuals on this are, are really cool. It looks as real as you could imagine. Um, but it's also got just a tiny level of like mysticism with it, um, just to kind of pique your wonder. It It's a really, really fun game. And I'm, I know... Uh, puzzle games are more up my alley than yours, but like for for anybody out there who is into sort of that platforming puzzle type game, uh, it's nothing very intense, um, very simple, straightforward. I would recommend going out and getting Unravel. Um, I got it for cheap recently. I think it might currently be on sale, um, but also the sequel to it, Unravel Two, yep. was just released last week during E3. So if you do like Unravel, you can get the sequel also right now. Yep. So we'll link to that in the uh, in the Xbox Store down below if you want to check out Unravel. And then don't forget, hit me up on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael. Let me know what you think um, or let uh, let Seth know at Seth O'Ott or at Soko Showpod if he should pick it up and play it as well. So again, that's Unravel. So check that one out. Yeah, also um, Cody did mention too that if you hit him up and ask him uh, he will pay for your copy of Unravel. So I will confirm nor deny. If someone hits me up on Twitter, I, I won't promise that I won't do that. Um, but I'm probably not gonna. He con- he's contractually obligated. So I I signed nothing. He did. Try me, Twitter. Try me. <laughs> That's it for games. Let's get to TV. That's what she said. TV. 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 You got any TV news? I do. I do. What and do you got? Here's an interesting. You fucking cocksucker. All right, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, I'll give you some news if you relax. Uh, Oprah. Oprah. Oprah's in the news uh, as a part of all of this scrambling by the streaming services to grab up all the talent and pay them a bunch of money. Apple has signed Oprah to an exclusive deal in which she will develop shows for their streaming service. Oh, wow. Not a lot of details out yet. Uh, nobody knows what she's making money-wise yet, but I imagine it's way more money than either of us will ever see in our lives. And, yeah, so Oprah... Probably not something that's going to get you over to Apple TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is, um, it is exciting for them, though, because she is obviously very successful. She's had her own network, um, which is called OWN, uh, in the past, which I think is probably I think is still a thing. I think it's like Oxygen or something now. Okay. Um, oh, they're two different things. Are they? Yeah, they're two All different right. things. Um, but I'm going to start a network called Carbon Dioxide. <laughs> you should. <laughs> So, yeah, Oprah, it's a big get for Apple. No, no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Obviously, she's a big draw. You'll get a lot of uh, a lot of people who are into Oprah will will tune in and watch those shows. Not something that's going to get you and I on board for Apple TV, but I, I think a wise move by them, especially in this current climate where it just seems like every famous person is being bought by these streaming services. You just saw the Obamas got bought by Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. last month or so. They now own the Obamas. Yeah, they just own the Obamas now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I don't know. who. So let me ask you this, and I, and we didn't prep for this, so take a second if you need it. Who is a person, if you're a streaming service, if you have Seth's streaming service, who is a person out there who's not been signed yet who you would you would go after now in free agency? Oh, who I'd go after? Yeah. 
Seth's streaming service. Well, I mean, because of my phantom, Kevin Smith. <laughs> but I don't know what you get. I mean, he gets a bunch of talk shows, I bet. But I could see him. I could see him maybe getting signed by one of these places. I know he doesn't really love the whole studio, mm-hmm. big brother type stuff. But and everybody's at a price. <laughs> yeah. Now, if he got to, if he got a chance to do his own, he's he's creative, dude. So I, I mean, if he wanted to put all his, if if he was given free reign opportunity. He could, he could make all this stuff, plus do talk shows, plus do, like, live podcasts and all that stuff. So, yeah. I like it. That's a good answer. Uh, do you think, like, with Oprah, in terms of money, she looks at it like like how I look at uh, getting roles at Texas Roadhouse? Like, when you first get them, you're like, I, I'm like, yes, fucking roles. And then by the time the third basket comes, I'm like, I don't need any more of these. <laughs> uh, I, I, I Probably she does. Because, like, at this point, Apple backs up a truck to her house and she's like what the hell do I do with this yeah. where do I put this she's already got way more rolls than she's ever gonna eat <laughs> she fucking loves bread though oh, she does love bread though so maybe she's eating all that bread I don't know <laughs> she's certainly getting plenty of it yeah it's probably when she says she loves bread in those Weight Watchers commercials it's probably actually money is what she means yeah she means cash <laughs> which in that in that case I love bread too yeah <laughs> couple of bits of news for me uh, one of your favorite TV series, American Horror Story. Yes. Did you hear this news? Is it about the upcoming season? I've been avoiding yeah. stuff about the upcoming season. Upcoming season. I'm going to spoil something for okay. you. It's not really a spoiler. It's just kind of what it's going to be. So they've mentioned for a couple of years now that they're going to be doing kind of a crossover of some of the seasons. Okay. And they announced which season. is gonna, The next season comes up in September. Um, it's going to be a crossover of the seasons. Drum roll. <laughs> Murder House and Coven. Okay, yeah, that makes the most sense. And apparently it's going to be like a ghost and witch kind of crossover. Yeah, so uh, Murder House basically is is a haunted, it's season one of the show, in my opinion, the best so far. Um, and it, there are ghosts in this house. And it, Coven, I think was season three mm-hmm. or so. And it uh, centered around a coven of witches. That was a good one, too, wasn't it? In Baton Rouge. Uh, a lot of people liked it. I, I thought it was good. It, yeah. It's not my favorite. Season one still is my favorite. But um, a lot of people like coven. I'll be interested to see. They uh, mentioned all the major casts coming back. So Right. And here's the thing, though, that all the major cast plays different characters in each of the two series. Uh, so that'll be so cool. So figuring out who's going to be what and how they're going to do that will be interesting. Yeah. They have done some creative things with actors in the past, though. Um, there was a season where there was a documentary being made, and at the same time you were getting to see the real-life version. Mm-hmm. So you're watching the real-life events take place, and you're watching the documentary. And mm-hmm. so the same character is being played by one actor in the real-life portion and by a different actor in the documentary portion. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. So I'm sure they'll get creative with with what they do in the crossover. This will be exciting. I think people. I think it could bring back a lot of American Horror Story fans who have maybe gotten away from it in recent years. Yeah. I know Cult was a little bit polarizing because it was mega political, and, mm-hmm. and some people weren't a big fan of that. So I think this will get back to the show's roots, which is exciting. Um, here's a fun little quickie. Uh, That's what she said. <laughs> here's a fun little quickie. Um, I don't know if you're aware of Jimmy Kimmel. Probably you are. He Jimmy hosts- Jimmel? He hosts one of the late night shows on ABC, and Kimmel is always going after different people, um, specifically politicians. And recently this year, he went after Ted Cruz pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story is that Ted Cruz was at a Houston Rockets game. He's from Texas. He was at a Houston Rockets basketball game, and he was like wearing a 
Houston Rockets t-shirt over the top of his like collared dress shirt. And so Kimmel was on Twitter making fun of him about that and saying that he's probably not even a basketball fan or whatever. So Ted Cruz responded by challenging Jimmy Kimmel to a basketball game. <laughs> so Ted Cruz and Jimmy Kimmel made a $5,000 bet where one of them will donate to the charity of the other's choice um, if they beat each other in basketball. Well, that game took place last night or on Saturday the 16th. And Ted Cruz beat Jimmy Kimmel yeah. <laughs> in basketball. Apparently, they played to eleven, and Ted Cruz won eleven to nine. Yeah, which is hysterical to me. I don't know how Jimmy Kimmel even shows up to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> he'll make he'll turn it around. He's he's very quick and and smart and funny. So yeah, he they did get on Twitter afterwards, and and Jimmy um, complimented Ted Cruz about being a good sport and uh, mm-hmm. and beating him and. And uh, I think it's cool, you know, for guys like that to be able to kind of set aside their differences. And, and, you know, they sold tickets to this and everything went to a good cause. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bad blood there. And, and I think that the, I think that's a good way for them to handle whatever differences they have. And probably yeah. they got to sat, sit down and maybe have a conversation that was real. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed seeing this because it's two people that each of them for most of these people, these politicians and comedians, they're never going to speak to each other. Mm-hmm. But for the two of these guys to kind of come together um, and, you know, do something constructive together, I think is really cool. And I don't like Ted Cruz, but I have a little bit more respect for him now. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Who would, who would be your fantasy comedian versus politician basketball game? One-on-one. One-on-one. Uh, well, can can they be alive and dead? or like Yeah. Alive? Okay. I would want to see uh, Chris Christie versus Ralphie May. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a battle of beasts in a post. <laughs> That'd be a lot of a lot of rebounds. Probably not a lot of three pointers. I would watch that. Let's get Ralphie May's ass back alive so you can play Chris Christie yeah. in basketball. Um, I, I'll do you. I'll do. I'll do one too. Um, I want to see Ted Cruz versus Brian Baumgartner, who, <laughs> who, if you don't know, plays Kevin in The Office. Yeah. Because uh, the two of them look remarkably similar, and people have <laughs> been be given Ted, Ted Cruz shit about it. And then they can also have a chili cook-off to see who wins at the that end. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully it ends better than that one episode. <laughs> um, so I got one more bit of news, and then I got a TV corner. Ooh. Uh, so in, a, in the world today that we live in, uh, we got pieces of shit, and we got Netflix. <laughs> and uh, really, honestly, we got just some pretty sweet networks, and Netflix is included. Um, so Netflix saved a series this week, uh, a show I watched the first season of, and I, I thought it was okay, but I did I did drop off, uh, Lucifer. Um, Fox canceled it at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. Netflix has picked it up at the end of season, or for now, season four. Woo! So uh, go Netflix for continuing a show that had that has a lot of fandom. Um, maybe a show I can watch in the future, but I watch too many shows. So uh, we were on the set of Lucifer at one point. We were. That was cool. So that was pretty neat. For first ever soundstage we've been on. Yeah, but I just think it's really cool that I mean, because of the way the TV landscape is now, networks and streaming services are able to save shows, mm-hmm. and we're seeing this more and more. Uh, it just gives me hope for for shows that I like that are only given one or two seasons mm-hmm. uh, for more to pick up. It, let me ask you this: uh, if you were to look back in the last let's say five to ten years of shows that you really love that got cut short that could be revived uh, at a network or Netflix, what would what would you pick? Ooh, this is, uh, the list is long because I, I like a lot of shows that get canceled. Um, <laughs> one of them that comes to mind was called Happy Endings, and I don't know where it aired. I only ever caught it on Hulu, but I think it got three seasons. Mm-hmm. And Something it had like a that. really had a really good uh, ensemble cast. 
that I really enjoyed. They, were, they had some good stories going. Um, Damon Wayans Jr., who was coach yeah. on New Girl, he was on that show. One of the, the girls from The Ranch. She plays the main girl on The Ranch. Uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Yeah. yeah, she was in it. Uh, it. It was just a good cast, nice, funny, basic sitcom, um, of which there are, of course, too many. Mm-hmm. But that was one that I really enjoyed. Also, I, Mulaney, I, yeah. I liked. yeah. And I think that I think that given more time, that show could have and would have gotten better, mm-hmm. especially if they had a little more freedom, like on a lot, like on a Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. But everyone loves John Mulaney now. He was a little bit underknown to have to carry a sitcom back then. I think. Yeah. Now I think if they revised re- rebooted it now, I, I think more people would watch. Yeah, I would go with I have so I have one that I want one more wrap up season, which is Last Man on Earth. Oh, oh yeah. I love that show. And then one show that only got one season that I absolutely adore is uh, Ben and Kate, which starred uh, Jaco- Dakota Johnson. I did like that show too. Yeah, it's I, really it's it just a really funny, simple, like just kind of family show. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they had some. I mean, they had some kind of more adult jokes, but it was about uh, Dakota Johnson played a sister. I don't remember the, who who the guy was, but he's he's a really funny guy. He was in that show. I think he's getting another season. It has Colby Smulders and Key and Michael Key. Oh, uh, friends. Friends. Uh, friends from college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he that he's in it. He's like a blonde haired guy with some kind of messed up teeth. And it has uh, it has uh, the guy from Arrow. He uh, he plays uh, he's the he's the the Afro guy. Oh yeah, yeah. But he's really funny in the show. Um, but and then it has that British girl that's in everything now. The, she's funny. She's really funny. But it had a re- yeah, it had a really good cast. Honestly, like a really underratedly good cast. Uh, really funny. I would have loved to see more seasons of that show. So, now that was also on Fox. Fox does not give enough sh- give shows enough time, other than like like New Girl they gave a decent amount of time for. But I mean they they, they rarely let shows end naturally. Yeah, they, they do have a short hook, which is crazy to me, especially on a show like Brooklyn Nine Nine. We've been talking about, yeah. and they got picked back up by NBC. Yeah. Now and. So I don't know Fox. Fox base. I don't know what Fox is doing. It, yeah. But uh, but it's good that like you said, these other Netflix are able, other networks, mostly Netflix, are able to keep some of these shows alive. And what's interesting about it is, I think Netflix is paying attention to the internet and mm-hmm. what people are saying because it's these culty shows that had Lucifer has a big following. Yep. And there are people who really enjoy that show, and it seems to me like Netflix is paying attention to the internet and what yep. people really enjoy, and they're they're giving it to folks, which I really appreciate. Yep. Are you ready for a TV corner? I'm ready for a TV corner, so right, Let's do it. That's a my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo? Indeed. Woo, indeed. <laughs> All right, so we had another part of a season. <laughs> or I don't know if they even like it's even called seasons on this show, uh, but the ranch part five. So they don't have seasons because it's been five parts. Uh, this is ten episodes of the ranch, uh, which is the. That's a season. Netflix, quit fucking around with the way you title stuff. <laughs> it's ten episodes of a uh, thirty-minute show. So you have you have season season four part one of Kimmy Schmidt. Um, which like, that was only six episodes. Dear white people was dear white people volume two. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and then now you have part five. Of well, then, just like, come up with a fucking come up with a convention and use it. British shows do series. Each of their seasons are called series. I, I could live with that. Yeah. Series one, series two. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this fucking ranch, not so, season part five. Part five. So the ranch part five. Um, I don't know if I've done a corner for it before. It's, I mean, basically, it's a show. Takes place uh, in Colorado on 
a ranch <laughs> with stars uh, Ashton Kutcher, Sam Elliott, Deborah Winger, uh, that girl you may mentioned earlier. What's her name? Alicia Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert and uh, Danny Masterson. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk about him. <laughs> and this is notoriously, notoriously his final episodes of the show because of everything that happened with his allegations and stuff. But so this this the show, it uh, it's I, I listened to an interview and and it made me actually kind of think of the show a little differently now. With listen to an interview with Ashton Kutcher and he's actually I mean he's a very uh, he's liber, he's a liberal person. Him and Mila Kunis are, are liberal. And they live in L.A. and and they do all that, you know, like they're they're a celebrity, you know, a celebrity nowadays who are all liberal and you know against Trump and all that stuff. But the show, uh, watching it, is is very uh, opposite of that. Uh, the show is because it takes place in like Midwestish and you know, like uh, basically it's a country show, you know, like country Colorado? western Colorado, yeah. yeah. Um, they are very much like pro-Trump and, and they're conservatives and love country music and drinking domestic beer. And, but Ashton Kutcher has talked about this. He, you know, he made this show because there isn't really that show for people. Right. And the ranch does it in a way that there, there are times where it can kind of be um, maybe a little offensive. Like they do use some terms. They, they never use racial slurs or anything like that, but they do use some, some kind of, Edgy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> edgy, edgy terms, and but they do it in a way that's very like tongue in cheek, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say the word, but you saw a little a bit of when they were joking about that. Yeah, I know and, exactly what you're talking about. And they weren't. It, I don't know how you took it, but they weren't like serious about it. They were very jokey, right? right? They they did it in jest. Where people who who don't mind, who don't have that sort of PC mindset, will will watch it and be like, huh. But people who do have that mindset are like, okay, they're making fun of it, you know. Yeah, I, I I agree with you that they they they're aware of what they're doing. Exactly. And the goal is not to say I can say whatever I want. Yeah. The goal is to make an edgy an edgy joke, and I yeah. I, I agree with you in that. And I'm very sensitively PC, and, yeah. and I I thought it was okay. Okay, so yeah, that that's and there's going to be people who, people who don't see that way because I watch I've read some reviews and stuff um, that have been kind of. On, on the other side of that, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case, to be honest. But anyway, uh, it's so this, the thing about this show, anyone who's fans of that 70s show, I think will enjoy the show because it is very much that 70s show, but in, in Colorado on a ranch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's even directed, all the episodes are directed by, um, it's David, fuck, I can't remember his last name, but he's he's basically, he directed all of that 70s show. Um from pretty or pretty much all that 70s show he directs all of these episodes so it's pretty much this it's shot the same it's you know in the same like uh single cam all everything all the sets are fake and all that stuff even has a laugh track yeah it has no it's live audience is it really yeah they talked about that kutcher kutcher purposely has a live audience still i didn't realize it was live yeah he, he says that's the only because he doesn't act very much anymore mm-hmm. and that's the only way he really wants to act anymore is because it's such it's it's on your feet uh, you you can get the live reaction from people and yeah it's it's a live audience that's cool yeah that that's the only way he, he just likes acting that way it's a different type of rush he gets so hmm. he's an int- he's a really int- if, if you ever a chance to listen to an interview with him or anything I would recommend it he's an interesting dude he comes smart back to Iowa too. all the time apparently too yeah like he and just, he's a hugely successful venture capitalist yeah he's too. he's really smart so which you wouldn't get that from playing Eric Kelso and this guy on on the ranch called his name's Colt he's an idiot. But he plays <laughs> stupid characters, but he's a really smart dude. Yeah. 
That's kind of fucking unfair. Yeah. <laughs> he looks that. Yeah. How can he be that much better looking than us and that much smarter? Than well, us? he did say he's losing his hair, so we have a little bit of a. Oh, woe is me. <laughs> I feel so bad for you, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, Mila Kunis is yeah, definitely. Yeah, go kiss Mila Kunis and I keep complaining. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, anyone who's, who enjoyed that 70s show, I think will enjoy The Ranch. Um, just in terms of the same style of comedy, um, it, it's basically that 70s show with swearing in it. The I think the best parts of the show are anytime he like Colt or even uh, so Colt is Ashton Kutcher or Rooster is Danny Masterson. Anytime they interact with Sam Elliott's character, who is their father, um, I think it's really funny because mm. their their father um, is he's just like a cold hearted guy. He's like Red Red Foreman on that '70s show, um, and and he 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 just has the driest meanest humor, which is pretty funny. So it's I mean basically the storyline is is their their ranch is. In, de- in jeopardy of being kind of gone because of some decisions they've made uh, financially. And so they're kind of working through that as a family. Um, this season, you clearly didn't get as much of Danny Masterson because of everything that happened. He was he was definitely in less of this season than before. It really focused more on so that family stuff there and then also Colt and Abby, who's played by that girl. I, ke- I keep forgetting her Alicia name. Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Um they're they they're having a, a kid here soon too, and and so it's focused on on their their struggles as a family, and and kind of where their future is going as well. Uh, but again, the show the show is very very funny. I, there there are definitely some good jokes uh, in in each episode. Um, some a lot of them hit, some of them miss. Um, some of them are kind of groaningly missed at times. But um, one, there's actually one one scene between Sam Elliott and Ashton Kutcher that was real is the final episode of the season that was really really powerful um in terms of like emotional um in terms of talking about like how sam elliott was a was as a father and the shortcomings he had and how ashton kutcher it felt about him as a father and stuff like that um that had me like oof that's that that kind of got me mm. so um that that was really good i, I that, that that i really liked the thing I didn't like about the season, though, was kind of how Danny Masterson was handled. Um, the way they wrote him off the show still left the door open, and still they shouldn't have really given him a story. They should have just get him out of here. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of they kind of I know they they wanted to wrap things up for him, but they shouldn't have really given him much of a opportunity for any sort of redemption or anything like that. You know. Um, yeah, so Danny Masterson, for the folks at home who might not know... Well, we talked about it. We Yeah, we've talked about it on the show, but if anybody's new to the show, uh, he, he's been accused of, I think it was actual rape he was mm-hmm. accused of. And multiple women. Uh, multiple women uh, over this last... The rapes happened a long time ago, but the accusations happened over the last year. Netflix decided to continue shooting the ranch with him and then write him off of the show. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Knowing that... Mm-hmm. Were you distracted by him? Were his scenes harder for you to watch because of that? At first, I, I thought I was like, "When are they going to do it? When are they going to get him off?" And then I realized, like, "Oh, it's going to be at the end of this part." Mm-hmm. And they they kind of led led it. The first episode, honestly, they had a perfect opportunity just to get him off with him like leaving with a girl mm-hmm. who who he was kind of dating in last season. I thought that would have been fine. Just boom, he's gone. Bye, you know. But then they kept him in the season, and I mean, to be fair, I, there there were some parts, like his character's funny, and so it's hard it's hard not to enjoy it when he's when he's on the screen. But right. you know, it it would have been better and less distracting, I think, like you said, like just to get him off, mm-hmm. you know. So 
and and then just the way they they ended the season with him, like they that they focused on it. They don't. They shouldn't just. They shouldn't have focused on it. They I should, see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, they focused on him being gone, whereas they should have done it like a real quick boom, gone by. You know, that I think that would have made more sense and probably been more of a, a sensitive way to handle it. You know. Yeah, I I agree with you, and we're still in this phase where we're trying to figure all this stuff out. You know, we talked uh, recently, I don't know if we talked on the show, but you and I have talked recently about Aziz kind of being back out in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Spacey has got a movie coming out. Mm-hmm. So we're still in this place where we're trying to figure out what we do with these guys. Um, and I guess on on the one hand, I want to give kudos to Netflix for trying something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, maybe this wasn't the right choice and they can do something different if yeah. there is a next time. So, but as a, as a whole... Um, I, I enjoy the ranch. I do. I, it's a show that you can. It's just. It's an easy, easy show to watch. Surprisingly, it has some, some emotional moments in there here and there, and uh, you know, it's funny. It, it's for someone who loves that '70s show. Um, it's nice to have the ranch because I mean, I, I don't enjoy it as much as that '70s show, but it, it's nice to have it because it's just kind of it has that same feel and it's again easy to watch and funny and I like the cast so. Uh, if you if you watched the ranch before, keep watching. Um, if you've never watched it and you like that somebody show, give it a shot. If not, that's not your type of show. You don't have to watch it. There you have it. It's a it's a recommend from Seth. Even to the folks uh, like me, I can, I'll, I'll also put a thumbs up on the show. I, I've seen a few episodes of it, and yeah, don't don't let the don't let the don't let the the don't let let the aesthetic of it being a conservative white American family who wants to say all their words and make mm-hmm. all their jokes. Don't let that scare you away from the show. I think if you're an adult and you uh, can reconcile a show from its political quote unquote views, um, you'll still find a you'll still find a way to like this show. Yeah. Even if you are highly sensitively PC. Um, I, I still think there's room for enjoyment here. Yep. All right, that's the ranch on Netflix this week in the T V corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Woo! Woo, woo, woo. Let's talk movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Movies. A few fun things going on in movies today. Over this last weekend, Seth, you and I went and saw Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. We won't talk too much about it because we will have a ride home mm-hmm. going up. You can find that at Jared Buckendall if you want to check it out. Um, very fun uh, movie in general and a fun video for us because we got a new camera that we got to test out. Yeah. So make sure you get over there and check out the – I mean, it's really not much different, but – Check out the check out the new ride home for Incredibles two. We are in a little bit going to talk about some of our favorite Pixar movies to this point, uh, but before that, let's talk a little news. Seth, what do we got? We can get into it. I mean, Incredibles two um, is set to make a lot of money. Um, initial so a couple weeks ago, initial box office projections were about one thirty five for the movie. Okay, and now it is slated to make one hundred and eighty million dollars this weekend, which is awesome for. Uh, this movie for Pixar, I think it's going to give give them more motivation to make another one potentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, exceeding expectations is great. And this time of year, it's hard to do that because there's so much competition with movies right now that it's hard uh, that for these movies to make that much money. So, um, I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think for one about? I mean, the the upcoming. Do you think they'll make another one soon? And 
Uh, what do you think this will do in the future weeks? So I think Disney wa- Disney will want to make another one of these soon. Mm-hmm. What I have read, though, from Brad Bird, um, he is, of course, the director of Incredibles 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I think he writer-creator. I think he's basically the whole creative mind behind that. And he has come out and said, you know, a lot of people keep asking me, do another Iron, Di- uh, Iron Giant, do more Incredibles. But, like, I want to create new things. I don't mm-hmm. want to just always do the same thing. And so I think Disney may get a little pushback from Brad Bird. He might say, let me do some other stuff mm-hmm. before I do come back to The Incredibles, which I don't mind. Yeah. I, I just just give me some Brad Bird. He's He's got enough with me now. He's got enough good standing that I'll go see what he puts out. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay. Like, go do a couple other projects. Maybe he comes back in another 10 years with Incredibles 3. I don't need it right now. See, here's here's what I'm thinking is, is maybe less of a wait. Mm-hmm. You know, we still get, you know, we still get maybe like a five-year wait instead of 10 years. Sure. But the people who – I think what they didn't account for with the projections is the people like us who saw the first one, you know, 14 years ago and we're coming back to it. Mm-hmm. But then not only that, but like you know, a lot of a lot of us – not us, but a lot of people like us have kids now. So yep. there's multiple tickets. Like – and then you get people who – you know, maybe never even saw the first one, but they they have kids and kids want to see it. You yep. know, so you get you get a whole new audience plus a built in one. Yep. You know, it's so that, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, and um, I love this. One of the one of the things folks have been talking about: Incredibles overshot its projection, where Han Solo undershot. Mm-hmm. Now, because they're both owned by Disney. On average, they made the they made the money they wanted to make with these two movies. So yeah. I think I think the benefit that Disney has is they can come out with something like Han Solo that underperforms, and then follow it up and crush ass with their next movie, and and they just they can just keep making all the movies that they want to make. Well, well to be fair, uh, a month before Han Solo came out, they made two billion dollars <laughs> with the Avengers. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Which yeah, that just passed two billion. We won't talk about that, but yeah, that it's you know what though. Actually, we can talk about it real fast. Uh, domestically, it's not going to catch Black Panther. Um, so Black Panther is going to win domestically. It's not even going to get close worldwide. <laughs> worldwide Avengers is has crushed that. Um, but domestically, Black Panther has has beaten Avengers. There, there's no way that it'll catch it. So. Hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, that makes me happy. I don't know. I don't know why it shouldn't. It's pretty. I mean, it's 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 funny. I mean, it's it's. I mean, really, the the, the most anticipated movie of the last, you know, three four years beats Black Panther or is loses to Black Panther in the United States. It's a kind of a big deal. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Avengers is the the fourth movie ever to cross two billion at the box office worldwide. So it's an impressive it's an impressive feat and uh, one that I think we knew that they would get to. Yeah. But it's still very cool. Um, that they did, and it, it might it's... even be the f- fastest because uh, ti- people always assume Titanic, but that didn't achieve it till that took months. It, uh, Titanic took long; it took years because it got released in the theaters um, multiple times. Oh, so it it took years before they finally crossed two billion. Damn! But I, I think Avatar would be the maybe Avatar. I don't know. If Force Awakens crossed two billion. I think it might have. It did. But I, it's going to be one of those three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's cool for Avengers. Um, also cool, I don't know, still kind of cool for Black Panther to have. Yeah. Here, here's the lesson, people. Uh, put colored people in your movies, and <laughs> colored people will go multiple fucking times. Mm-hmm. I went to Black Panther twice. Take note, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Incredibles 2, I don't want to spoil the ride home or anything, but we enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Big, big fans of Incredibles 2. Excellent follow-up uh, to the first Incredibles. So let's talk just a little bit about Pixar because we have had our Pixar differences in the past, uh, specifically around Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, though, we've we've really enjoyed some of the stuff they've put out. Um, I'm talking about Coco specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you have the Incredibles. So what is, So Pixar for you... And things have changed uh, as they've as now there's Disney animation in addition to Pixar. Um, but thinking about Pixar's body of work so far, what are some of the highlights for you? And what do you think that Pixar does that is so successful? Because they always crush ass. Yeah, I I don't know what they do. I mean, they just have a, a pretty creative team around them. I mean, it's they just kind of go with ideas and, and you know they, they seem to work. Um, I mean, my highlights, obviously Toy Story, like we talked about. I mean, I, I, my favorite still Toy Story 3. Um, that movie hit me in such at such a, a time mm-hmm. and a place and emotionally and all of that. It, I, I love that movie. Um, still one of my favorite movies. But I, I, I honestly prefer the ones that do have more of an emotional tinge to them. Oh, yeah. Um, you look at a movie like WALL-E that, you know, that had some had some really good emotional moments in it. Up is another another one that I really oh, enjoy wow. that has some emotional moments in it. Uh, Finding Nemo has some good emotional moments in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toy Story three is still my favorite. But those, those are some of my favorites that come to mind. Uh, I, I really I, and who's a person I I don't you know in terms of like emotional movies I don't get really emotional. But those are especially Toy Story three, especially with some of those moments that happen in terms of like growing up and stuff like and nostalgia, especially like that. Mm-hmm. That that's what gets me. Yeah, and you uh, not a huge animated fan. No, either, I'm not. But the Pixar ones that draw you in. I mean, there's not a bad Pixar movie you can point to. Uh, a lot of people dislike the Cars sequels. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll give you the Cars sequels. But even those did well in the box office. Uh-huh. Um, they both of those tar- Cars two and three were in the top ten of their summers. Um, and there's really no, there's not a bad movie in the bunch. Um, highlights for me, I, I think Coco is right up there at the top. Um, that just, oh my God, just speed bagged my my heart <laughs> as that movie kind of ends. <laughs> um, Finding Nemo was probably Finding Nemo was probably one of the first movies Pixar movies that I went to that I was just utterly just amazed by. Mm-hmm. I think what Pixar does so well is they cultivate like wonder, especially if you're young. Mm-hmm. There's just so much like awe. That goes on, yeah, and just sweet ass moments, especially for kids. But then they also they just tell real human stories, kind of through a wacky lens, yeah, in a way that everyone can connect to in some way. Another favorite of mine is Inside Out. I never saw that one. It's oh, it's so good. You got to watch it. And you're you're in the mind of a of a teenage girl, yeah. but everyone can relate to a lot of the things that she goes through, and it just tells a really sweet nice story about like growing up and coming of age and that's a lot of the times that's what Pixar hones in on mm-hmm. because just like we talked about with Incredibles 2 you're going to get a movie when you see Pixar that you can take your kids to but you will also enjoy as mm-hmm. an adult I think that's what they do so well um, Incredibles 2 is is no exclusion I think Incredibles and Incredibles 2 might be well you'll you'll get a lot of pushback with this I think a lot of people would say Toy Story is the best series that Pixar has done I personally would put Incredibles above that. Um, for me, the first two Incredibles movies are are the top, um, you know, group of movies so far. Uh, and I really did enjoy Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Those are great, too. I'm just not as big a Toy Story fan as some folks. I know that's what some people will say. Uh, 
but they did an excellent job to bring it back to Incredibles 2. This is an excellent follow-up to an already excellent movie. Um, a rare case in which I think the sequel is at least as good as, as the original. Would you agree? I thought it was better, personally. But again, I only saw the first one once or twice. Mm-hmm. So, um, But I, I really had a, had a great time with Incredibles 2. Yeah. Pixar just, just keeps on rolling, and they're going to be backing that money train up to um, into the future, I'm sure. But yeah, the Disney... They just, I mean, they own the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's really no stopping them. Well, one, one, uh, the studio, studio, I guess, that's trying to rule the world is uh, Warner Brothers and DC, of course. Mm. Uh, they're trying to make a, make a comeback and trying to, to take over uh, in terms of the superhero movies. So we got a, we got a bit of news about a couple of their, their big superhero movies this week. Uh, the first one is we, we've heard about Batman, of course, the new Batman Matt Reeves series. And we got some news. Uh, about kind of what's happening. So Batman, uh, the new the Batman with Matt Reeves, Ben Affleck is essentially com- is gone. He's not coming back. Oh. So they're looking for a younger Batman in these ones. Okay. So uh, I like Ben Affleck, but I'm also excited about this news because I do think they need a reset. What, what do you what do you think about this news? And and maybe it, it sounds to me. Like this, and from what I've heard, is that this is going to be a separate from the DCEU. This is going to be a separate kind of series. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's confusing. I like this. Mm-hmm. I like that it's separate. I like that they're going to try to do a refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard rumors a while back about Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he would make a good Batman. Yeah. Play him a little bit younger. Um, I, I do. I like this. I, I think that they're, for a person like me, who I'm in the loop, I can keep... I can keep them distinct in my head, the DCEU mm-hmm. and potential offshoot Batman movies. Of course, it's Joker we've been talking about. Yep. I think for the larger public, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. But um, for people like you and me who are in tune, um, I welcome this. I think just give me more. I, I, how many times have I said before? I like any. I like anthological. Give me a story. Yep. It does not have to fucking tie into everything else. Yeah, especially okay? with DC. Right, especially DC, in DC. DC has such a, a deep history and mytholo- uh, mythology with all the villains and like they, their villains are. I mean, objectively, are better than Marvel's. They have they have such a. They do have some really good. Villains. They have really a deep catalog of villains. The heroes, not so much. They I mean they have their big they have their big few, but mm-hmm. Marvel seems to have a, a better mythology with their heroes, but. DC can go so far with their villains and carry a bunch of movies with their villains that they can have it separate. And honestly, they'd be better off separate. But I think so, too. They're not going to be able to replicate the success of, of Marvel. And to the extent that they keep doing the extended universe, it's only always going to be compared to Marvel. Mm-hmm. So give me, yeah, just give me 100 of these offshoot. Give me a Robin movie and give me a, a, a Superman movie that doesn't connect to everything else. Because all, it, all that stuff does is present problems. So, yeah, I, to answer your question, I am in for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a younger, cooler Batman. Give me a whole new aesthetic. Give me Matt Reeves-style filmmaking. I, I welcome it, and I, I don't care about the DCU. You don't need to detach yourself to that. Yeah, and they've already talked about, too, just kind of a quick follow-up to that, too, with the separate universes. Uh, so the whole, like, Joker thing with Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. the, they've named the, kind of, like, what that universe is. It's called DC Dark is what that is going to be called. Okay. So, um, I mean, that again, that doesn't take place in the DCEU. And DC is known in their comics for having 
the separate Earths and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it makes sense with the movies too. Why, why can't they have separate Earths? And yeah. maybe maybe someday, just like in the comics, they cross them over at some point. You know, they could do that. Yeah, I could see that. But anyway, that wasn't my second bit of news for DC. Uh, second bit of news for DC, uh, there a still was released for the new Wonder Woman movie. Um, which is now officially called like Wonder Woman 1984, Wonder Woman 84, something like that. Um, uh, Steve Trevor, though, was uh, in the official still. Yeah. You saw that? I did. He's wearing a real goofy-ass, like, 80s jumpsuit. Yeah. Steve Trevor, uh, if you don't, if you didn't see Wonder Woman, stop the podcast and go watch it now. And for those of you still with us, Steve Trevor, uh, you know, died. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty graphically in the first Wonder Woman. Uh, so what do we think of this? I I personally don't think he's going to be alive. I think it's going to be like a vision or used against her in like some sort of villainous thing. Okay. I just think he's going to pop in. I don't think – I think it's going to – it's kind of a red herring and kind of just something that he's – he'll be in for maybe a bit just because of like a vision or something, you know. Yeah, and it, it it could be that it could be maybe a descendant or a relative of his. Yeah, they talked about maybe similar. a kid. Um, here's 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 the thing, because of the way they shot the death in the first one, mm-hmm. they could I could see them retconning and saying he dove out of the plane and but time. But then he wouldn't look that young still. Fuck, you're right. <laughs> yeah, forty what sixty years have gone by. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind what I was saying. But I here's the thing. Um, ordinarily, I hate this kind of thing. Kill, kill a character and, and keep him dead. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed them in the first movie, and I yeah. was sad that he died. So I, in this case, I say fuck it. I, it's cool, fine, bring him back. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is they're going to do, I'm in for it. And honestly, at this point, like Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot, like whatever the fuck it is they're going to do, just give it to me now. Right. One thing I did like, uh, I, there was a Wonder Woman still of her in her outfit as well. Yeah. A lot more colorful. Yeah. Than some of the other stuff we've seen a lot closer to the classic, yeah. um, classic Wonder Woman look. I'm excited for this movie. I really am. I think even though the DCEU seems to kind of be crumbling around it, <laughs> Wonder Woman is a solid property, and I, yeah. I'm excited to see what they do next. I agree. And and just kind of follow up on the Steve Trevor thing. She also mentions in like either Justice League or yeah, well, I guess just Justice League or maybe Batman Superman that she's lost a love. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't make sense for him to still be. Unless he dies again before, between the 80s and... Uh, yeah, he could come back and die again. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Whatever. I don't care. I, I, I'll i trust what they do. Just give me the movie. And this is exactly, again, I don't care. Just, I, I, I don't need him to be connected at all. Just tell me a new Wonder Woman story. Mm-hmm. And just tell me another story that's cool. Yep. Uh, let's talk briefly about this movie, Gotti. <laughs> uh, Gotti, if you don't know, John Gotti was a very famous gangster... And his new movie starring John Travolta as John Gotti came out over this last oh my weekend. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie was in the news a while back because MoviePass actually owns a stake in this movie. Do they? Yeah, I think it's about 40%. They've, they've, they've had a pretty big hand in, in this, I guess. Um, but the big news now, Gotti, after the first weekend, coming in hot at 0%. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Nobody has reviewed this and enjoyed it. It's being called the worst movie in the last however many years. Apparently Travolta's garbage. Uh, it's it's almost impressive to have 0%. I kind of want to see it. I want to see it too. Like, I have to, <laughs> is, I, I feel like I should like watch it. Is it like The Room bad? Or? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm willing to bet it's got some Travolta overacting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Which I think <laughs> will be great. Uh, I, I really Touch actually do. I, he touched it. 
I spend a lot of time on my hair and he hits it. Um, I, 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 I want to find this and watch it. I do. I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because I don't know how a movie can be that bad. Right. Well, I got a couple pieces of news and then a review. So the first bit of news, I'm going to have, I'm going to have one bit of good news and one bit of awful news. I'll start with the good news. Oh, okay. The first bit of the, the, the bit of good news. Um, so they're, they're doing the sequel to the shining, right? Yes, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. They cast finally cast someone mm-hmm. as the is it older Doctor Torrance or whatever his name is. Uh, Danny Torrance. Danny Torrance. You yep. uh, and McGregor. Yes, love so, it. Yeah, so he, Very he's cast. About this. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been in a whole lot. It seems like recently. So he really hasn't. But people love you and McGregor, man. People really love him, and have, I'm I'm among them. Have you? Uh, Read slash listen to Doctor Sleep? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I have it on my list. I, I did listen to The Shining, which is amazing as a book. Even if you don't like the movie, go go listen to the book, The Shining. Mm-hmm. Very very good. Um, excited to see. I'll probably try to read this before the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, I think our buddy Mike. Shout out to Mike for the uh, the sign in our studio, Soko Show Studios. <laughs> Um, has read it and said it was good. Uh, I'm I'm excited to check this one out. It's a relatively new book. It's yeah. not, it came out only recently. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll try to check out the book before this comes out, but love the casting of McGregor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've heard good things about the book, and, you know, of course, the, the movie deviated away from the book a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they follow more of the book or if they kind of kind of follow more of the movie with the sequel. I'm willing the... to bet it's more of the book. Yeah. Um, and here's why, because when The Shining came out, it was Kubrick who was doing the movie. Mm-hmm. And Kubrick has is such a was such a creatively overpowering person. So what Kubrick, what Kubrick said went on the set of The Shining, obviously, because he's the director. And uh, the changes and things that were made were, were from him. And Stephen King has come out since and said that he doesn't like that movie, mm-hmm. especially because of some of the changes they made. So I think now that Kubrick is dead and Stephen King is not, mm-hmm. I think they'll lean on him maybe a little bit more. He tends to stay pretty hands-off from yeah. his adaptations, which I like. But I think they'll lean more in toward the book Depending, of course, on who they get to direct. Do you know who that is yet? I don't. I'm not sure. They probably have announced it, but I don't know who it is. It's probably not someone on the level of Stanley Kubrick. So I think <laughs> yeah. it'll be closer to the source material. Yeah. Well, we've come to the bad news. We got awful news. What is it? Oh, I'm I'm pissed. I even wrote next to this. Fuck me next to it. Because <laughs> I've started to um, have a little bit more, a little bit more, kind of positive feelings for this specific actress recently <laughs> I should have known that this is where with, this is with some of the uh with some of the movies you know like happy time murders and and um uh will you ever forgive me or whatever that's called but melissa mccarthy announced this week or last week that she's doing another movie with her talentless husband <laughs> and here's the goddamn synopsis basically there's a really fucking smart robot voiced by james corden that she interacts with. So, guess what she's going to probably fucking do? I got two guesses. Because guess, there's someone that's going to be smarter than her. It's going to be a robot. And so she's going to have to be the fucking stupid person in this movie. <laughs> which she's great at. And uh, she's going to fall down, probably. I bet the robot pushes her down. Probably. Like, they have to stop making movies. To, they have to legally reprimand them for making movies. <laughs> Cease and desist. Please. You are on such a roll these two movies I was excited to see and then I then you announced super intelligence with you and your stupid ass husband who is completely unfunny and <laughs> so James I'm going to cut you off there cuz I don't like throwing shit around in Soko Studios 
Um, but yeah, this is seemingly a return to form for huh. Melissa McCarthy and Ben Did no Collins. one see Life of the Party? Because I, I hope, well, no one did. I actually don't think anyone did. No. And, and they let them still make movies together. I, I just, I don't, uh, and I like James Corden on the show. Not a big fan of his acting work. Um, I, I really, I just haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. So this could be good. He's got a good voice for voice acting and stuff. Uh, yeah, probably this is going to look stupid, but people uh, are going to go. People are going to go. You know it. Ben Falcone. <laughs> for fucking God's sakes. We better move on before you start having a fit here. What, right. What's next? Well, I don't have any more news. I just have a review. You got All anything right. else? Um, I will say before you before you review, I finally did get a chance today to watch Annihilation. Yeah, and that's a movie we've been talking about uh, for a lo- big part of this year. It made it's made your top ten or sorry, it was it was number two. It was your number two. It favorite was movie number two. When we looked at uh, <laughs> it was it was your number two favorite movie when we uh, talked after Infinity War with Jared a few weeks ago. At Jared Buckendall. <laughs> so here. Uh, I went and, and watched it here at home uh, just today, and I, I enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like Annihilation as a lot. I, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did, right. but I do see a lot of the appeal. This is a very, very good and very modern sci-fi movie mm-hmm. where you have a lot of interesting things going on that are actually explained by science. There's obviously some fantasy, but mm-hmm. um, there's some scientifically explained things. You have a very powerful set of female cast who lead this movie that I think is very interesting. Natalie Portman is great in this. Um, It's shot in an interesting way here. Alex Garland, who uh, you may remember from Ex Machina a few Mm -hmm. years ago, um, just has a very interesting way of storytelling that's very methodical and and kind of slow, but more, it just trudges along. And um, especially in Annihilation, there's a sense of unraveling that happens mm-hmm. and that that's literal in the movie itself. But and then then as you're watching it, too. Yeah. And you're sort of peeling slowly back. You're, you're peeling things from this movie. And I thought that that was really fun. Um, the ending of this movie is an ambiguous one. And mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. I think it's interesting and fun to talk about what you think the ending means. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's some there's some cultural significance with the all female cast. Uh, there's a little bit of an environmental message, I think, in here as well. Um, it's a good it's, Annihilation is good. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know that I would put it in my top five right mm-hmm. this right this second for this year. Um, I still need to let it marinate around a little bit. But yep. really, really enjoyable movie. Yeah. Uh you you mentioned earlier too, which is kind of fun to talk about. Um, when I came when I came home earlier and you said you'd watched it, you, you know you kind of you you kind of enjoy more movies that give you that ending. I like having I like being told what is true. Yeah, and I'm very much have become the. I think we've swapped roles. It does seem like it because I I am getting really sick and tired of movies being the same. Mm-hmm. And any movie that ends. And does things that are different and weird and original. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I can walk out of a movie being like, that was interesting. Um, of course, I mean, not all movies are going to do that. And I'm still going to enjoy movies a lot that don't. Um, but the movies that I've really enjoyed the last, the last like probably 18 months or so have been movies that are just completely different than anything else. Um, my favorite Oscar movie last year is Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Name another movie that's ever done that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's um, different. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, that that's really what I'm looking for with movies recently, and, and that's kind of what this movie I'm going to review here is the same kind of the same thing. 
Yeah, I, I I do think it's been a little bit of a change because I, I used to be a lot more into the high-minded things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more recently, for various reasons, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed also lately um, getting in, being told a story, and getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's an appeal there too. And so I, I have tended, recently to your point, I've tended to weigh more that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Annihilation is still a very good example of some a movie yeah. with some ambiguity, but this is a case where I, I would have enjoyed to have been told what happened. Okay. Um, but uh, certainly that doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's still a very excellent yeah. movie. Um, really enjoyed it. Really well put together. Gorgeously shot. I did yeah. watch this on 4K for, Blu-ray. And, and it's it for a very great. cheap budget too. It wasn't yeah. very much. I think it was like fifty million. Yeah, that's really so, impressive. They did a, they yeah. did an excellent job with this one. So if you yeah. haven't seen Annihilation, it, it gets a recommend from me, a follow up um, from a couple months ago when Seth gave it a recommend as well. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned our top five list earlier, and you balked a little bit when I said <laughs> Annihilation was number two on it your list. It Was number two. Are we about to have a challenge to <laughs> the top of that list? I think so. So I had a chance this week. Um, Kind of a, a rare, but something I love doing so much, but it's kind of a rare uh, rare situation where um, I had heard a few things about this movie, um, but it's not. It's, de- it's definitely 100% an indie movie. It's an A24 movie. Um, our, our nearby art house theater uh, had this playing. I've heard a few things about some of the performances, and uh, the Rotten Tomato score is like 96. So I'm like, all right, I should definitely go check this out. It's worth a drive. I don't think I'll be able to see it until it comes out in VOD. And I did. So it's a movie called First Reformed. Uh, it starred Ethan, stars Ethan Hawke, Amanda Seyfried. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's how I've always Seyf- pronounced it. Seyfried? Seyfried? I've heard it every way. Yeah. And Cedric the Entertainer is in it. But he's uh, he's not called Cedric the Entertainer. Uh, his act, like the, in his credits, it's like... Cedric and whatever his actual last name is. Oh, okay. So that was interesting. So he's not entertaining. In the, well, you'll tell me. Well, he is. Um, so I, I didn't know much. I never saw the trailer going in. I just read kind of the synopsis that Ethan Hawke plays a pastor. Basically, the, his kind of some of his, his views and beliefs are challenged is basically all I got out of it and that his performance is outstanding. I can confirm all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so what this movie really is, uh, Ethan Hawke plays a pastor at this church called, the church is called First Reformed. Uh, it's a it's a church in New York uh, that has been around for a very long time. Uh, you find out through the movie, 250 years. Uh, they, they're having a, uh, a re, rechristening or something like that of the church. I can't remember what they say exactly. And uh, so this church essentially is almost like a gift shop. Uh, not many people go to it on Sunday. Um, it's been purchased by a larger church and a like a paper conglomerate company, like this really big corporation. And so Ethan Hawke runs this church as the pastor. He does the you know, stuff on Sundays, and then he like does tours and stuff. So that's kind of where his life is right now. He's just very just going along day by day. Where this movie kind of comes in, you you meet uh, Amanda Seyfried and her husband, who is not really like a famous actor. I don't, I've never really seen him and stuff. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is pregnant, and she says that her husband wants to meet with him. And her husband, when they meet, they meet at, at their home. He kind of confronts Ethan Hawke with some ideas of kind of where the future of our planet goes in terms of like global warming, and maybe like a, how our planet is going to evolve in the next years and, and the ideas of bringing on another life into the world and, and the consequences of doing that in a time where our planet's so uncertain. 
I don't want to, honestly, it's really hard to say anything past that because the, the, the movie has so many, uh, interesting turns. There's not like huge shocks, but there's, there's interesting turns from there mm-hmm. that really make you think a lot. Um, again, going back to that, <laughs> but I think there's, this movie is a little less of like a, there's still some debate with the movie. It does make you think, but it, there's, there's, there's more of a clear ending. Like you, the idea of the movie is more clear mm-hmm. than, than like an, than Annihilation. Um, also too, I didn't mention that this movie is, was written and directed by the person who wrote Taxi Driver, which is regarded as one of the best movies in <sighs> the Taxi last like 40 so, years it really is so good uh-huh. not even in like a i'm a snobby film fan way but like <laughs> actually is really good so uh, and and again that carries over so um yes first reformed it's it, <laughs> there's some really powerful moments in this movie uh ethan hawk his performance really is incredible um the i i kind of walked out of the movie thinking about several things but thinking about his performance and even watching during it, I, I, especially with actors like him, we've been in a lot of stuff. It's hard to initially get a character like to, to buy into a character, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen him in so many roles, but instantly like he was on the screen as this guy, you know, he was, he was instantly this pastor and the way he just, he, his, that his character has to change throughout the movie and his character has to convey certain emotions and, and really, he has he has a lot of internal battles in this movie. Um, it uh, it's it's pretty incredible his performance. And I have I've read a lot of things and heard a lot of people talk uh, since then because I've watched a lot of videos since this movie's come out. And um, a lot of people really do say that that this this is something that should carry over to a best actor nomination for for the Oscars. I wow. agree, I absolutely agree. And I hope more people see this. And I hope by the time that the Oscars roll around that this does have a VOD release and that it gets a push. Cause I think he definitely deserves at this point. Um, he's my front runner for, I haven't seen a ton of movies, but he's my front runner for, for Oscars right now. So um, absolutely agree with that. Man of Seafried's great too, uh, but she doesn't have as much of a, as large of a role. It, this movie's carried by Ethan Hawke hundred percent. He's on screen hundred percent of the time. So uh, he does a great job. Um, but this movie does absolutely make you think, um, I had, it was funny, I was, I was on my way home, um, and so this is, it's about a 30 minute drive, 30, 40 minute drive from where I had saw this movie to, to where home is, and so I got in my car, and I was just like, oh, and you know, did one of those, like, hoof, and I, you know, threw on a podcast, and started going, and I was like, I can't listen to this podcast, I can't focus on the podcast, I just turned it off and drove home in silence thinking about this movie, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, I just... I left the theater not knowing if I liked it, honestly. I left the theater, I was like, I don't know what I think. But by the time I got home and listened to some videos, um, it's it's definitely at number two right now for my favorite movie of the year, and I've gone back and forth at being my number one favorite of the wow. year so far. So it's, it's, it's shift back and forth constantly. Um, but I, I really did like this movie a lot. It's, it is a completely original. Um, it, it makes people who fall on the side of religion or fall on the, on the side of like the global warming. It makes you kind of think about that. I saw this movie. So to set up this, I saw this movie at noon on a Friday, I had Friday off. I saw this movie at noon on a Friday. I walk in and the first entire front row is a, is, is full of either no haired or white haired people. <laughs> so all of them have were probably at least like in their sixties or older. And, um, they, they were 
the final, the final, the credits roll, boom, real quick, real abruptly. And um, some of them laughed because this, they, it, this will challenge people who are conservative. And just by guessing from hearing them talk <laughs> and from before the movie and then also after the movie, they were definitely conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, this will challenge you, though. This movie will challenge people and, and, especially because the global warming is a heavy topic in this movie mm-hmm. and it's an extreme it, it kind of goes to extremes with that so it, there's so many really interesting really interesting uh paths this goes in terms of that um in terms of relationships and um religion and which is really funny because like the two things people don't talk about yeah. uh, politics and religion talks about both of them very heavily huh. so I, I, again, I loved it. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not a fun movie at all, but it's, it's a challenging movie, and, and there's Ethan Hawke is outstanding in it, and it's, uh, it's original, very, very, very original. So I, I recommend and everyone see it just because it will challenge you and will, you even if you don't want to be challenged, you can appreciate Ethan Hawke's performance quite a bit. So. Um, Definitely, you're probably not going to be able to see this. It's going to be impossible to see until it comes out in VOD because it's only at some small art house theaters. But especially once it comes out in VOD or if you get lucky enough to see it at a local theater, absolutely check it out. That's high high praise, high praise in the TV, in the, well, high praise from Seth on First Reformed. I've got a, I've got a weekday at the end of this week off. I think I'm going to get down there and try to check this out because I love this kind of, um, a movie that presents you with a debate and then plays that out mm-hmm. um, is is interesting to me. It's part of why I like Dear White People so much. Um, and, <laughs> it's definitely not like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but yeah, if Ethan Hawke is excellent in it, uh, yeah, and really there hasn't, we've seen plenty of movies this year. I think I've seen almost 30 now, mm-hmm. um, but the Oscar stuff has not really started to come out. So mm-hmm. this is maybe the movie that starts getting people into that conversation. Of course, you have... Ethan Hawke um, early talks for best actor. We'll see. I'm going to absolutely try to see this, and I'll talk about my findings on the show. And excited to hear um, how they compare to yours. But I did when I when I ran when I we met up for happy hour Friday after I got off work, and mm-hmm. you were beaming about this movie. Yeah, I couldn't stop thinking shouting about from it. the rooftops about yeah. how everyone should go see it. So it's it's right up there with the highest of recommendations that we've yeah. given here. Yeah, I and it, I just I mean even if because there's going to be people going to be people who don't necessarily like parts of it mm-hmm. um, i don't know if you like the ending to be honest but i it's kind of along the lines of even annihilation where you know it's it, it you're not going to get a clear-cut answer out right. of this out of this ending i can tell you that right now mm-hmm. but and i knew that even just halfway through it i'm like it's probably not going to be mm-hmm. you know um but it goes places you do not expect at all you will not expect the places it goes so now I'm just really you look mischievous by saying this. <laughs> like you're just staring at me across the room like you got to go fucking see. It. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to see this ASAP because it um, it's been a while since I saw a movie that I that was like really smart, you know, because we're in summer yeah. movie season. So I'm excited to, to get something that is more media to chew on. Yeah. And I would say it's it's not like smart. It just makes you think. And, and it's not like a smart like this piece goes here to have a smart, but it's like a, you're going to have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to just be able to walk out and be like, okay, you know, there you go. Well, Seth walked into first reformed and then came out a different man. I didn't, I didn't expect to like it. I honestly, I kind of had, especially knowing like the religion kind of stuff in it too. Mm -hmm. And when the movie started up, um, 
and it started going with like kind of the the religious stuff. I'm like, oh, God damn it, mm-hmm. you know, this is gonna, I didn't want this to be like Passion of the Christ, but oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that, that's that's good and welcome news. Uh, we'll, we'll try to link to uh, the IMDb or the trailer or something in the description so you guys can check out First Reformed for yourself. Gets a big, big, big fat recommendation from Seth. Uh, I know I'm rushing out to see this as soon as I can. That's going to do it for episode 49 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget, subscribe to us wherever it is you may be listening. Also, make sure you're getting out to the YouTube channel. At Jared Buckendall. Where you can catch all the latest rides home. Uh, Most recently, we've got Upgrade and Hotel Artemis, as well as Incredibles 2 um, coming up soon. I think we're going to have Tag um, coming up as well. And Jared has, of course, seen and reviewed all of those movies. Uh, I think he's going to try to get to First Reformed soon also. Um, and catch that so stay tuned for all sorts of stuff as we are in the height of summer movie season make sure you also get out to twitter at underscore cody michael at seth oat at soco show pod and of course at jared buckendall <laughs> where you can talk to the whole team about uh what you're seeing buttholes. this summer what you enjoyed buttholes if you want <laughs> uh you, you can recommend some iron chic or gary Busey hilarity for us to share at the beginning of our shows Um, Anything and everything you uh, wish to communicate to us, you can do via Twitter or, if you prefer, via email, uh, where you can find us at SoCoShow91 at gmail.com. Also, hit the description box down below for your link, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. 30 days in your first book for free. (laughs) Indeed. And with that, we're going to wrap things up. Again, this has been episode 49. Come back next week for a big one. It's going to be our 50th episode. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to that. Uh, So we'll have all sorts of fun stuff for you next week. But until then, this has been Squirrel Nuts, and I'm joined (laughs) by Seth Ott. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.